You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave, we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Oh yeah, you got that right, my friend. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, January 11th, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a beautiful 59 degrees. Dave, how you doing out there, bro, in this winter chill? Dude, we survived the atmospheric river, the cyclone bombs. We're all good, man. Oh, yeah, and they try to say we soft out here in California. We're scoffing at that crap. In today's episode, we have more amazing DeMar Hamlin news. The updated 2023 NFL draft order. Another coach gets whacked, which means we're firing up the old coaching carousel. Roquan Smith, huge new deal. And we'll preview all of the upcoming games from Super wildcard weekend but before we get to all that dave how about you dish some super wildcard weekend nugs for the peoples Uh, right casey 18 of the past 20 seasons at least one team has won its division after finishing in last place or tied for last place the previous season this year it was the jaguars getting that done and casey they were actually the worst team in the league last year at 3 and 14 it's one of just five teams to rebound from having at least a share of the league's worst record to a division crown the following season impressive turnaround for the jags well what if it gets to the super bowl that would be bonk city well let's well let's not spoil it. let's enjoy this and dave 18 <laughs> That's a number of consecutive seasons without a repeat Super Bowl champion. That is the longest streak in league history. Casey, and it's been seven seasons in it. Post seven postseason games entering this week decided by six points or less. Wow! Six of those seven separated by just three points, and seven. That's the streak of postseason games entering this week decided by in the last two minutes of regulation or overtime. Teams have scored the the winning points in the game's final play in five of the past seven postseason contests. I guess we're going streaking. (laughs) It is insane, dude. 25. That's the games during the 2022 regular season decided by a winning score on the final play. Final play. Crazy, dude. That's why we love this stuff. And during the regular season, the average margin of victory was just below 10 points, 9.7. That's the lowest over a full season in 90 years, bro. Wow, that's a long time. And Casey, this year, the most games decided by eight points or fewer, one score games, basically. There were 156 of those. And there were the most scores within one score in the fourth quarter. That's 203 games within one score in the fourth quarter, dude. Crazy, dude. Toy like so a freaking tiger, dude. Yep. All right, let's go in the Wayback Machine. Give, a, give the people uh, this week in NFL history. Yeah, it was 50 years ago this week, Casey, the only perfect season in NFL history. And it wasn't perfect until the Miami Dolphins eked out a win over the Washington. What was the Washington team? The Redskins in Super Bowl seven, Casey. And it wasn't until right near the end when Jake Scott, the eventual Super Bowl MVP, picked off Billy Kilmer in the end zone to finish off Washington's super long fourth quarter drive. They got the W 
and the Miami undefeated season was uh, put into the history books. And dude, that game would have ended 17 to nothing to match that Dolphins record had Garo Upremia not done that backwards pass and <laughs> picked up and taken into the end zone by those dirty <laughs> Redskins, dude. Um, that's why kickers do not throw the football. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> All right. I want to remind you guys the Trend Zone, the pod that you're listening to right now, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dave, let's get to some top trending stories. More great news out of the DeMar Hamlin camp, dude. Wow. Yeah. Casey, uh, more than a week after he had his cardiac arrest on the field and freaked everyone out, um, Hamlin finally discharged on Wednesday from Boston, uh, from Buffalo, rather, uh, General Medical Center. Uh, he was admitted into the hospital. They gave a battery of tests on him, gave him the thumbs up and said he can continue his rehabilitation at home. So awesome news for DeMar. Yeah, that's totally rad. And speaking of totally rad, dude, his Chasing M's Foundation, the toy drive, his goal was 2500 I know everybody's heard this story, but, dude, they've raised almost $9 million, dude, in just wow. over a week. How cool is that, man? Dude, the giving, man. Everybody reaching out and saying, I want to be part of this healing process, so to speak. Yeah, pretty awesome. All right, Dave, moving on to these playoffs, dude. 22 the 2022 don't want to freak anybody out out there. It's got a bunch <laughs> of new faces. Yeah. Seven new teams in this year's playoff, Casey. That's insane. Uh, it was the Dolphins, Ravens, Jaguars, Chargers, and Giants, and Vikings, and Seahawks making their way into the postseason and bumping the Patriots, Steelers, Titans, Raiders, Rams, and Cardinals to the early offseason curb. What Pretty a crazy season, turnover. dude. What, this Unreal. season has been bonkers, man. This postseason is going to be crazy lit. And Dave, I'm guessing if you're not one of those teams that's in the playoffs, you just made another list, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is the top 18. Those picks are set. Uh, the order for the top 18, those teams out of the playoffs. And Casey, it was Houston's first overall pick for such a long time. It looked like it was a lock until last week, they found a way to win the game with a two-point conversion and knock themselves out of the top pick. Um, nobody knows if that had anything to do with the dismissal of the head coach, but we do know that it certainly gave the Chicago Bears the number one pick in this year's draft. Casey, it's so rattling them off real quick. Uh, number one, it's the Bears. Two is the Texans. Three is the Cardinals. Four is the Colts. Five is the Seahawks. They've got the Broncos pick from the trade. Six is the Lions. They've got the Rams pick from the trade. And then after that, it's the Raiders, Falcons, Panthers. At 10, the Eagles have the Saints pick, Casey. At 11, it's the Titans. And the Texans at 12 have uh, the Browns pick. Then it goes Jets, Patriots, Packers, Commanders, Steelers and Lions rounding out the top 18. But man, handful of teams up there uh, getting the, the pick from another squad, man. There's going to be a lot of teams without a first round draft pick in this particular draft, Casey. 
Yeah, including those dolphins that got sizzled for their uh, their party boat shenanigans, dude. And there's <laughs> nothing more brutal than having a crappy season and knowing you don't get that pick, man. The Broncos sitting up there with that five. Oh, brutality. I'm sure you're not too choked up about it, Dave. But I see a bunch <laughs> of teams at the top of this list. They're on another list as well. Teams that are looking for a head coach. Yeah, Lovey Smith and Cliff Kingsbury um, recently let go at the end of the season. That makes five teams now looking for head coach. It's Houston, Arizona, Carolina, Indy, and Denver all looking for a new front man. If history tells us anything, <laughs> there's two more coming. It seems like there's seven that's, every that's right. season. And there's actually a name that's kind of starting to get a little smoke out there that I didn't think would probably be there. But they're saying that the assistants and coordinators can look for lateral jobs. Um, yeah, normally lateral okay jobs. Right, and that would be Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, uh, is taking a little time to deliberate on his future there as head coach, whether he wants to step down. Uh, man, if he does, there's a bunch of TV jobs that are beckoning him uh, for sure, but um, it's not customary for them to allow lateral movement, certainly. Um, so that does put a little question mark on his um, on his desire to stay there as the head coach of the Rams. It is going to be a rebuild uh, at this point in time. Obviously, a lot of stars went down this year, and they don't have a lot of picks because of a certain saying that they like over there uh, in uh, in Ramville. Yeah, they effed all them picks, didn't they, Dave? Yes, they did. And it's all great when you get the Lombardi trophy and no one will ever be able to take that away. But at this point, uh, the cupboard is bare when it ter when it comes to draft picks uh, for this Ram squad. And they do look like they need to um, acquire some talent. Oh, yeah, they definitely got to rebuild that line, too. But um, speaking of acquiring talent, the Ravens did a trade uh, before the trade deadline. And now uh, they've gotten such good ROI on that player that they're dishing out some huge bucks to this dude. Yeah, and this one kind of was a done deal, I think, in terms of that we knew this 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 deal was coming at some point. Uh, it's Roquan Smith agreeing to a five-year extension uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that extension is worth a hundred million dollars, including forty-five million guaranteed and sixty million in total guarantees. Whatever that distinction means is interesting. But they did give up um, f to to acquire Smith. Um, they gave up a second round pick, a fifth round pick and linebacker A.J. Klein. So anytime you see that kind of trade, you're expecting, of course, there to be a um, a following, you know, a contract extension. Yeah. And Smith really did a nice job for the Ravens defense this year. Eighty six tackles, seven tackles for loss, a pick, two sacks and three pass defenses in the nine games that he played with them. Yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, with them signing Smith to that extension, that looks like they're going to, if they're keeping him or even they're trading, they're going to have to franchise Lamar Jackson there to the tune of $32.5 million if they want to prevent him from hitting free agency or if they're going to work a deal out in the tradesies. Ooh, that I is want a some of that big fired, number. Yeah, I want some of that fired head coach's money, though, dude. Kingsbury's <laughs> going to collect 30 mil after That's this. That's right. That's right. A lot of those coaches, I mean, they just extended Kingsbury, so... <laughs> Unnecessary, ex, ex, you know, extension to say the NFL, least. NFL, come find me and Dave. We can run your franchise into the ground and then collect yeah. that money. No problem. I can do that. <laughs> All right, Dave. It is time, baby, to get to these game previews. It's Super Wildcard Weekend. Three days of that sweet, sweet playoff action. 
We know yep. it won't be a repeat Super Bowl champion as our Los Angeles Rams did not qualify for the postseason. But there's a good chance the Super Bowl 57 champion will be playing this weekend as the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles were the last number one seed to win the Super Bowl. So, Chiefs, uh. Eagles, you're done. You're out. Sorry. <laughs> hey, man, just get in and you've got a chance. I know we've known that for the last handful of years that you just get in there. You've got a chance in Casey. Um, some of these teams coming into this deal are on a total tear. Five teams, in fact, on a winning streak. It's San Francisco with 10 straight wins, Cincy with eight, Buffalo with seven, Jacksonville five, and Kansas City on a five-game win streak. Man, that is uh, an incredible number. And five teams, dude, on a five-game win streak or more, that has never happened. Wow, dude. And speaking of never happened, NFL record five head coaches in their first season with their current teams. We're talking Todd Bowles, Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, and Doug Peterson leading their new squads to the postseason. Wow, dude. New teams, new coaches. Who dis? It's going to be wacky and wild. But, Dave, let's get into it. Saturday, start it up, bro. Okay, dude, it is going to be starting off on the NFC side as the Seattle Seahawks head to San Francisco to play the 49ers. 49ers at home are favored by nine and a half. And it was the 49ers who swept the regular season uh, series with the Seahawks. Um, And they are attempting to defeat an opponent three times in the same season. That's happened 14 times in NFL history of the 14 times where that happened, Casey three times uh, in the same season Uh, of the 14 teams to defeat an opponent three times in the same season, six have advanced to the Super Bowl. So it would be a very good sign for the Niners if they're able to get that task accomplished. So you're telling me 14 times teams have had a trilogy and six of those teams had advanced to the Super Bowl when they won that trilogy. Swept it's it. pretty good omen. Pretty good All omen. All right, right, man. I know. And the way the those Niners are playing, watch out, dude. It was week two, though, that the Niners beat down those Seahawks the first time. But that was Jimmy G who came in for an injured uh, Trey Lance who broke his ankle on the second drive of that um, game there. And, um, you know, the, the Seahawks were never really in this game. Their only um, score came after Tariq Woolen blocked a field goal and Michael Jackson scooped it up and ran 86 yards for the TD in that game, dude, Seahawks only rushed for 35 yards. Uh, it was all Niners. Yeah. And it was not that long ago, week 15 Casey, where San Francisco got the W 21, 13. It was Purdy, their third quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, threw a pair of touchdown passes to Kittle and the Niners locked up the NFC West title, And that must have felt pretty good. Kittle, four catches, 93 yards. McCaffrey with the big game, over 100 yards in that one, including a one-yard touchdown in the final minute of the first half. That really ended up being a pretty significant score uh, separating these two teams in this game. All right, Dave. We expected the Seahawks to struggle this year, trading Russell Wilson, getting all those picks. But, dude, Geno Smith, man. Comeback player of the year, most likely, but just what an awesome, you know, chapter in his NFL story, dude. Yeah, and I think you're right. Most of us thought this was going to be a down year, a rebuilding year, but Pete Carroll didn't. And he had faith in Geno Smith, and that faith paid off as Geno Smith really had a heck of a season. Franchise record 
over almost 4,300 yards. So that's kind of amazing. Geno Smith, wow. right, is the guy right there. And another dude that really emerged this year after a banged up uh, initial beginning to the season is running back Kenneth Walker. The rookie led all rookies in scrimmage yards with over 1,200 um, over a thousand of those rushing. So Kenneth Walker is a big play waiting to happen, dude. Yeah, dude. And we know about Metcalf and Lockett, uh, the passing element of this offense. Both of those guys had 80 plus catches and a thousand yards each. They got to get some offense going to hang uh, with these 49ers and defensively, not a lot <laughs> on this Seahawks side, but they do have a couple of pretty stellar players though. Yeah, the acquisition of Uchenna Nuoso, former Chacha, um, was a really nice acquisition there. Nine and a half uh, sacks uh, for Uchenna. And then he teams up with Daryl uh, Taylor, rather, at linebacker, uh, who also had nine and a half sacks. And then uh, rookie uh, Tariq Woolen, you mentioned earlier, uh, he has had a heck of a rookie season at the cornerback position, arguably an absolute steal at the cornerback position as a rookie. Yeah, dude, and Sauce Gardner's getting all the love, but we mentioned Tariq Woolen, dude. He's tied for first in the NFL with six interceptions, and he's got three-plus fumble recoveries and has had 14 games with at least one uh, pass breakup. So he's getting it wow. done in the secondary for these Seahawks, and they're going to need him there because, um, dude, nobody's really been able to slow this San Francisco offense down either. Yeah, and it's been Brock Purdy. He became the starter uh, about five games ago. I think this is his uh, uh, fifth or sixth start, Casey. And he, uh, again, has had an exceptional uh, run of it. You know, right off the bat, it seemed like, oh, it's too bad for the Niners. It's going to fizzle out. It's a great, great squad. But now they've lost their quarterback in Garoppolo. Uh, but no, Purdy really, really has played well. And it just doesn't seem like the moment is too big for this guy. Mm -mm. And along the season, they bring in Christian McCaffrey, one of the bigger, obviously, in-season acquisitions we've seen in years. And he has had an incredible season, 1,880 scrimmage yards for McCaffrey. So uh, he tags up with Elijah Mitchell. This is uh, an offense that has lots of weapons to go to for sure. Yeah, Mitchell and uh, Debo Samuel getting back in the mix. Those guys are finally healthy. Brandon Ayuk kind of held it down while Debo's been out. But George Kittle, dude, down the stretch, man, he's got four games with at least two touchdowns in him. He has just been beasting, and he'll do that dirty work. He said, what was that last year? He would much rather pancake a guy than catch a touchdown. That's I right. believe it with that guy. So, um, man, instant offense for these guys. And as good as that offense has been, this defense is even better, dude. Probably the best in the league. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Nick Bosa looks like he's kind of on his on target to be defensive um, player of the year. Yeah. He's had a phenomenal season with his career high 18 and a half sacks. Fred Warner is a tackling machine with 130 tackles. This defense, um, there isn't a weak spot in it, but in particular, that front side of that defense, very physical, uh, very aggressive. And they they are just hard to run on and hard to pass on because they'll get after the quarterback, too. Dave, and what about my guy, Talanoa Hufunga? <laughs> you just wanted to say Hufunga. But, hey, uh, a nice, nice season for Hufunga. I'm trying to say myself. Um, 95 tackles. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a phenomenal part of this defense. Yeah, dude, with three different quarterbacks, only 17 turnovers out of that offense. Thir wow. 30 takeaways from the defense at a plus 13, man. It is going to be hard for those Seahawks to go up there and get something done if they can't run the football, dude. 
It's already a wrap. Yeesh. All right, Dave. All right. Start chewing on the finger and getting that leg going, baby, because Saturday night (laughs) special, our Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, dude. And the Chargers are two-point favorites on the road. Yeah, and this isn't the first time the teams have met, Casey. It was week three, and it wasn't pretty. Go ahead and get into some of the details. Yeah, that was a 38-10 butt-kicking by the Jags, dude. Um, couple first-quarter turnovers led to a 13-0 Jags lead. Chargers got back into it uh, in the third quarter, got it to 16-10, to just one score, but that's when James Robinson broke off a 50-yard TD run. And they didn't look back, and the Chargers just couldn't get back into that game. But, Dave, what were the extenuating circumstances as to why the Chargers got beat down? Allow me to elaborate a little bit on that. (laughs) Of course, Casey, during that game, the Chargers did lose Rashawn Slater. He has still yet to return, although there's a chance he will. There's no sign of him this week. They also lost Joey Bosa that week. Uh, In week one, they had Keenan Allen go down. So those guys were not available uh, in this game. Justin Herbert had also, in week two, previously suffered the uh, fractured rib cartilage. He didn't practice that entire week, and he was pretty banged up in that week. That led to him being less mobile and less nifty in the pocket. And uh, the Jaguars defense kind of feasted on that, getting a couple of turnovers early in that game, as you mentioned, and getting themselves out to a good lead. Uh, Eckler really struggled to run in that game all season long though. Eckler has been a superstar dude, a career high 107 receptions on the season for Eckler insane number there. And uh, I believe it was 18 touchdowns on the season that led the NFL. That's two years in a row is 20 last year, 18 this year. Um, Eckler is Mr. Everything. They need Eckler to have a big game, but the chargers have been focusing a little bit more on running the ball lately, uh, including Joshua Kelly and down in the goal line area, trying to push that idea as well. But this game, they got Keelan at Keenan Allen back. Hopefully Mike Williams, after being banged up last week will be uh, available. And Josh Palmer at wide receiver too. the tandem of tight ends is good there as well. So chargers got plenty of weapons offensively, as long as um, as Herbert can get back there and get the protection that he needs to distribute the football. Yeah. Charger fans are, uh, they're really into DP. That's Donald Parham. (laughs) Get your head out of the gutter. And Dave, you mentioned (laughs) the rushing disparity there. Um, in that week three game, Jacksonville 36 for 151, your chargers 12 carries for just 26 yards that made the time of possession 38 and a half minutes for the Jags. It's so hard to win when you don't have the ball at all, but this chargers defense, dude, the last month of the season has been playing lights out football, man. It's been very impressive to watch. Yeah, they definitely have uh, done a much, much better job. Um, They held teams to a lot lower scores. They held teams to way less first downs and way less third down conversions. Um, And certainly Cleo Mack has been there, but getting Joey Bosa back into the mix, he's been in the last couple of games, getting himself uh, worked back into shape after uh, having surgery uh, earlier in the year. Drew Tranquil has been exceptional at linebacker for these Chargers this year, 144 tackles for Tranquil, but he just seems to be able to get the, uh, the sack on a timely bit uh, blitz or uh, in coverage. He's excellent too. Kyle Van Noy, who nice. brought in, Van yeah, Noy. he comes in five games in a row um, with a sack. He has um, 
uh, a turnover recently. So um, he has just been playing uh, exceptional, timely football. And of course, you've got Derwin James. Everybody knows what Derwin does when he's out on the field. Uh, he has missed everything for this Chargers defense. He's missed a handful of games lately, but he was back in action last week. And so looks like we're all systems go on defense. Michael Davis at corner has had himself an exceptional season as well. Um, so things just started clicking for this defense, I don't know, month, month and a half ago or so. And they really started um, playing kind of in sync or together with each other, connected, as Coach Staley likes to say. And that has really resulted in this team uh, doing a lot more uh, things defensively and being a lot more exciting to watch. Yeah, and there is another team in this game as well. But I wanted to real yep. quick say, Dicker the kicker, baby. Oh, yeah. Give him the dicker. <laughs> yeah, he's only missed one field goal and knocked all of those PATs through. But seriously, let's move it over to these Good. Jaguars. Starting to see Trevor Lawrence, the guy that they had envisioned when they drafted this guy number one overall. And Jacksonville's coming in on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, no question. And we are, like you said, seeing Trevor Lawrence, the dude, uh, with all that talent. Uh, and you got to give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson. It's, it's nice for Trevor that he has an adult as this head coach, not only an adult, but a Super Bowl winning uh, head coach not too long ago, Doug Peterson cashed in on a Super Bowl. So it's made all the difference in the world. for Wait, her, uh, so for, the uh, head coach being involved and not at the dive bar trying to get with some skanky memos helps <laughs> that's, win? That's the, that's the distinction I'm trying to make here. Yes, Casey, okay. Doug Peterson gets a lot of props for what he's been able to do. We knew that uh, Lawrence had boatloads of talent uh, that went wasted in his rookie year. But Peterson has really got him uh, cranking it out. It's over 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns on the season for Lawrence. And really, th this uh, this offense started really kind of cranking it up, I don't know, mid-season or so when they got rid of um, – James, James Washington, Robinson. yeah, Robinson. Robinson, thank you, and um, allowed Travis Etienne to really <clears throat> be the focal point uh, as the running back. He's got 1,441 scrimmage yards on the season, so he is an absolute weapon out of the backfield, man. And we scoffed when we saw the Christian Kirk deal uh, starting off free agency, but man, that dude yep. has been worth every penny, 84 catches, 1,100 yards, 8 TDs, man. He's been kicking total butt, and Zay Jones about the last month of season has been really rocking it as well. So, And the Ave, Evan Ingram, dude, came over from the Giants, kind of got lost yeah. in the sauce there. He's been a major contributor. He's tied for third with the tight ends um, with the 73 catches, and he's got almost 800 yards. So, um, yeah, man, he's this offense is where it's at. But, Dave, they play in pretty good defense, too. It's hard to imagine Josh Allen dominating two games, one in Buffalo and one in Jacksonville last week. But that's <laughs> what this guy did. Yeah, no question about it, dude. And, um, you know, the, the really the whole front seven is athletic and, uh, you know, very, very, uh, you know, aggressive. They get after yeah. the quarterback a lot. Um, safety Rayshon Jenkins came up with a huge play last week to try and help them, obviously, to seal this this uh, division and get them into the playoffs, but uh, this defense is definitely uh, something to be reckoned with. Yeah, it really looks like it's all coming together for these Jags, and um, Devin Lloyd's been, you know, people were wondering when he got drafted so high last year. It looks like that's been the right guy for the job, so uh, this is a very yeah. intriguing game. Yeah, not to mention uh, number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, uh, coming along during the yeah. course of this season as well. Well done. All right, Sunday. I'm next, Casey. We're moving to Sunday. 
It is the AFC side, and it is the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by nine in this one. Yeah, and it was week three when these Finns jumped up and beat the Bills 21 to 19. Um, it looked like the Bills were going to uh, win this thing, but um, the Dolphins came back with uh, getting the lead late, and then Josh Allen had a long drive to go down there, but on fourth down through the incomplete. And then it was the butt punt that gave them the safety to get it to 21 to 19. But two in the Dolphins, man, they got that huge win when the Bills were looking like they were on their way to the Super Bowl, even though it was only week three. <laughs> it was week 15, Casey, where Buffalo uh, got the the W and uh, even the score there. It was 32 to 29. That was a real close game. Uh, Buffalo was uh, out in front pretty early, but then next thing you know, the Dolphins made a run and had an eight-point lead, and then it was time for uh, Allen to take over that ball game. Uh, he hits a five-yard pass to Dawson uh, Knox and uh, then leaped over the line for a two-point conversion to tie it at 29. Um, then it got the team on an 86-yard game that was dominant in the uh, latter portion of that game to seal that victory. Allen, four touchdowns in that game, and both teams ran for over five yards a carry. That will be an interesting thing to see if that kind of uh, run productivity will continue this in this game. Yeah, and we're the Dolphins are going to need it because they're not going to have two. And Dave, it was that week two game that Tua first had the concussion that, oh, mm. it's a back injury. Right. So that's kind of when the problem started for these fans. And it's it's unfortunate he's not going to be in this game. Probably no Teddy Bridgewater either. He's got the broken pinky. So, dude, Skylar Thompson, the rookie, is going to have to do it for these fans, man. And uh, that's going to be a problem because they are all kind of banged up all over this team on the offensive yeah, side. No doubt about it. And Casey Tyler, uh, excuse me, Skylar Thompson, uh, just, you know, not that much experience at all really putting a kind of a dark cloud on this uh, situation for the dolphins here. Uh, and then you go to Mostert. We talked about the running productivity that they had in the first game. You want to think that they're going to want to lean on this thousand yard back this season. Unfortunately, Mostert broke his thumb uh, last week uh, as well. And so uh, the good news, he had 156 yards in the first game. The bad news, he's banged up and he's questionable to go. I'm sure he's going to play, but how much will that thumb um, really impact his performance, you know? Yeah, dude. And, you know, Tyreek and Jalen, they combined for over 3,000 uh, receiving yards this season, but I'm not sure that Skylar uh, Thompson's going to be able to get them the ball the way they're going to need to to compete yeah. um, with this Bills team. Dolphin, uh, the uh, defense for the Dolphins is pretty good, but... Um, they're going to need to be great on Sunday, yeah, dude. I just don't see to... it happening, dude. Yeah, they are going to need to be outstanding in order to slow down this Buffalo team that is absolutely uh, both, you know, on a tear, just on the field no matter what, but also uh, it's sort of in, on that, the love of, for DeMar kind of a wave that they've been riding, you know? Yeah, you know, they brought over Bradley Chubb from the Broncos, and he's been pretty good, and Jalen Phillips uh, drafted out of Miami. He's been solid, but, man, these guys are going to have their – their work cut out for them because this Bills, not only have this Bills offense been prolific this year, this is a team that has been building towards this, man. Had a couple of runs in the playoffs. Yeah. And now, like, it just seems like they're getting a wave that's going to push them over the top in this thing. But Josh Allen, what can you say, dude? Yeah, 4,200 plus yards for Allen on the season. Um, 
35 TD passes. And they've really, as the season has gone along, Casey, they've gotten Singletary in the ground game going. He's got over 1,000 yards, almost 1,100 yards um, on the season. So it's a really balanced attack offensively. Yeah, and we've seen a lot more James Cook down the stretch as well. And, you know, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, man, I don't know that anybody's doing it better than Diggs. That that uh, connection he has with Josh Allen's outstanding. And Dawson Knox, dude, you get those wideouts covered and you got this guy scoring touchdowns too. So, But it's not only the offense with these Bills, dude. They bring it on defense as well. Yeah, and on, and they were close last year and they had brought in uh, the former Ram. Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller, right, to try and got, be their finisher, the guy that could finish a game, get that big sack leg. And unfortunately, he went down. They're looking for someone else to be that guy. Greg Rousseau has had a nice season uh, with eight sacks. Uh, maybe they can get that kind of finishing productivity out of him uh, this uh, this postseason. Yeah, Matt Milano, such a violent tackler too, dude. And man, if somehow DeMar is in the house for this one, Oh, watch Ooh. out, Dolphins, man. It was going to be tough with Tua. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have, <laughs> I have a good That's feeling for the thing. Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave, the, the middle game on Sunday, we've got the New York football giants at the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings are three-point favorites at home. Yes, Casey, it was week 16 that Minnesota won 27-24 to 24 on Greg Joseph's franchise uh, record 61st field goal, oh, excuse me, 61 yard field goal as time expired uh, that gave the Vikings that win and uh, set an, an NFL record with their 11th one score game of the season, dude. So uh, this is a Minnesota team that knows how to win nail biters or get completely blown out. But this yeah, would probably dude. be a let nail biter, right? <laughs> yeah. And in that game, dude, they brought over TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. He had 13 for 109 and two touchdowns. And Justin Jefferson will get into the kind of seasons he had in that game. He had 12 for 133, uh, converting uh, four third downs in the second half, including that one that set up the 61-yard game winner from Joseph. But let's wow. talk about these Giants first, dude. First year under Brian Dable, and this guy turned them into not only a winner, a playoff team. Wow. Yeah, and the, I think the real thing that he did was his work with um, Daniel Jones. Uh, and, and what the thing was, Daniel Jones just needed to minimize the mistakes. And yeah. that's what they've been able to do this season. Uh, Daniel Jones can run the football. Um, he has, uh, you know, excellent athleticism. And he's got um, a good arm. He's been passing the ball well. He just needed to avoid catastrophic errors. And that's what... Um, that's what Dayball and company have been able to do uh, offensively for him. And he's really done it without, you know, a trio of well-known receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard went down early in the season. Darius Slayton, Richie James. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins been hot down the stretch for TDs in the last five games. But these aren't household names by any means. But there's also the resurgence of Saquon. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what this team, I think, is going to want to probably try and do, see if they can lean on Saquon, see if they can get some good stuff out of Saquon. He has 1,300 um, rush yards on the season, so that's pretty impressive. And if they can get that ground game going, they can kind of keep that Vikings team uh, offensively on the bench, and that might be a big factor for this giant squad. Yeah, you mentioned Dimebag keeping it clean. Only 16 turnovers by the team all season long. He had yeah. almost 16 in a couple of games last year, so... Yeah, <laughs> really changed it over. And the defense is, um, you know, 
been rejuvenated under Dayball as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously the defensive line is very uh, talented with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams uh, at at the helm there. Um, and then at line, he wasn't good enough for the Jets. No, he wasn't. But hey, there was another New New York town that was interested. And then your former uh, Cowboy Jalen Smith there at linebacker, as well as um, the new guy. It's Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, but you know these guys. Uh, they can get it done. Julian Love as the safety, the former Notre Dame, are also a very impressive athlete back there. Yeah, dude. And Jalen Smith, man, this guy got passed around after the Cowboys cut him. I am stoked to see him having a pretty good bounce back year with these Giants. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that this game is going to be pretty close. All right, Dave, yep. these Vikings offense, Kirk Cousins, man, is the Rodney Dangerfield. He does uh, not get NFL. any respect. Hey, at 13 and four, you know, the Vikings themselves don't get enough respect or they don't get it seemingly and they're like the most disrespected 13 win team in NFL history here. But Cousins on a phenomenal season over over 4,500 yards and 29 touchdowns and uh, Dalvin Cook running the ball almost 1,500 uh, yards from scrimmage for Dalvin Cook. This is a this is an offense that it when they get in sync and get going, they can light it up. Yeah, dude, and Justin Jefferson having one of the most prolific uh, seasons at receiver ever, man. He's he's everything to this squad, dude. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it. Uh, TJ Hawkinson um, has has been an enormously, um, uh, you know, excellent a- acquisition for these guys, given that other dimension. Thielen and, and KJ Osborne, the other receivers, kind of filling out um, the, the group there of pass catchers, but... Um, getting that tight end in there that you could really, really count as a serious weapon and threaten defenses. Uh, I think that was a huge get for them. Yeah, and this defense a little Jekyll and Hyde too, but the linebackers, man, stout like a mofo. Yeah, Daniel Hunter, 10 and a half sacks. Uh, Zadarius Smith, um, 10 sacks. So, I mean, they're getting after the quarterback there. Hen- Kendricks, 137 tackles. And then Jordan Hicks, 100-plus tackles uh, uh, on the season. So, I mean, very impressive uh, group of four linebackers there. And how about the old man Patrick Peterson, dude? 15-plus uh, passes defended, five interceptions. So um, he's a nice back there. And I'm surprised you didn't say anything about your uh, former domer, Harrison Smith. Yeah, Harrison Smith, still one of the top uh, safeties in the league uh, so and he's looking to get back out there and have a better showing. The last time he was in a playoff game, I think he uh, got Ugh. a little bit uh, smoked back there. So they're looking to uh, redeem that uh, that play for Harrison Smith. All right, up next at the AFC, it is the 8:15 Eastern game. It's Baltimore at Cincinnati. And Casey, since 1978, it's the 17th time two teams will meet in the playoffs one week after finishing the regular season playing each other. The team that won the regular season finale has won three of the past five. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Interessante dude. And it was week five that these guys met and Justin Tucker kicked a game winning 43 yard field goal on the final play of the game to get that win over those Bengals. He also made a 58 yarder in the third quarter and dude, just don't give this guy a chance because when Tucker uh, has a chance to get a game winner 61 in a row, dude. And in the Ooh. fourth quarter in overtime, 17 for 17 when he's got to win a game. man. so, um, yeah, he's a mother Tucker. 
And it was week 18, as we mentioned just last week, Casey, that the Bengals uh, took care of business 27 to 16. They got themselves the AFC North championship with that W. Um, And it was at the expense of rookie quarterback Anthony Brown, who had 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 only thrown five passes all season. He was in there. Um, The Bengals took advantage of four Raven turnovers uh, in that game. And obviously, in addition to that, um, John Harbaugh uh, decided that it was a good idea to rest a couple of dudes so that they'd be ready for the playoffs. So um, uh, we'll see how they're how ready they really are, though, Casey. Yeah, dude. And a, another total bummer, man. We're not going to see Lamar Jackson in this thing unless there's a miracle between um, now and Sunday. And it's just unfortunate because he's pretty much everything to this Ravens team. Yeah, no doubt about it, Casey. And then Tyler Huntley, uh, who has filled in admirably for him, also banged up. And there's they're hoping he can go. Um, But if he doesn't, it'll be Anthony Brown again. And that does not bode well for this team based on the performance. Obviously, he is a uh, he's a rookie and he has extremely limited um, experience. At least Huntley has been out there and he's 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 you know, he's battled with this squad. Um, They're going to need to. Um, lean on J.K. Dobbins. They've been banged up a lot at the running back position, uh, but Dobbins, who they rested last week, they're going to have to lean on him in order to try and grind some clock in this game and keep uh, the powerful Bengals offense on the sideline. Yeah, dude, and Kenny on Drake has been pretty nice in games when they didn't have Dobbins, but you got the one-two punch there at tight end. Mark Andrews um, right up there with the elite, uh, you know, Kelsey up at the top, Kittle right there. He's close three. And rookie Isaiah likely has been really good, especially down the stretch. So give whoever's playing quarterback some easy throws, work those tight ends. And with the running game, and if you don't turn the ball over four times, you're going to have a chance to be in this game. And we mentioned Roquan Smith at the top of the show, dude. He's had a, a he's a great fit on this defense. He's had a really impressive season since he's been over with these Ravens. Yeah, he sure has. And this Ravens defense actually, as we recall, had some struggles early in the season, giving up leads late and stuff like that. But they've rounded it out pretty nicely as the season progressed and certainly lately. And yeah, I mean, it's a a four linebackers worth really mentioning. Obviously, Raquan Smith coming over and having the season that he did, 169 tackles. But Justin Houston also, he seems to just be ageless. The guy continues to be productive. Nine and a half sacks for him. Patrick Queen, uh, 117 uh, tackles for him. Jason Pierre-Paul, again, a guy that still came, seems to be sticking around and being productive uh, for this Ravens defense. The secondary also is a talented group, including uh, rookie Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, you got to love the domers, don't you? <laughs> and now this Cincinnati team, dude, is, you know, they're playing great football right now, too. Had, you know, a little Super Bowl hangover at the beginning of the season. But, man, down the stretch, they've been playing some good football. One point that might be hard for them with you mentioned that uh, Ravens defense is that since he's a little banged up up front, lost uh, Kappa last week, he's probably not going to play. And they uh, they lost Lyle Collins, too. So uh, offensive line a little bit sketchy, but Joe Burrow's used to that. Yeah, I mean, they were certainly sketchy last year, and he made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, and even getting pummeled 
along the way, you know, taking yeah. a ton of sacks there, but almost 4,500 yards uh, for Burrow and 35 touchdowns this year. Uh, he continues to have an incredible uh, season. He's one of the top quarterbacks, obviously, uh, in the NFL. And Joe Mixon uh, running the ball really well, too. 1,250-plus uh, yards for Mixon uh, from scrimmage there. So they're going to want to try and stay balanced, but there's plenty of weapons, obviously, in the receiving group uh, that Burrow can choose from. Yeah, dude, Chase is so sweet, man. He, like, some of the stuff he does on the sideline is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous, man. No room to catch it, and he does it. And T. Higgins could be a number one on a lot of teams as well, and you throw in Tyler Boyd there and bringing over Hunter Hurst uh, from the uh, the Ravens uh, is a g- good fit for these guys. But quietly, dude, this defense is pretty good, too. Trey Hendrickson came over a couple years ago from the Saints. He led the team with eight sacks, man. He's just got the motor that won't stop. And Logan Wilson, dude, this guy was having a, a Super Bowl MVP type performance last year until the Rams came down and won that thing. So this defense is quietly stronger than they get a lot of credit for because you got such big names uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But they keep the games low scoring. And if uh, since he takes care of the ball, um, you know, they should be able to handle this Ravens team without a starting quarterback, dude. Right. And on the back end there, you got Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bell at safety, both guys with four interceptions this year, probably licking their chops, hoping that uh, it is the inexperienced quarterback uh, hucking the ball around. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. You don't get a super wild card weekend without a big <laughs> fat Monday night game. Oh, baby. Now I'm going to be freaking out in this one <laughs> big time. Uh, Monday night football, my Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites in this one. And let's go back, Casey, to week do we, one. Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. Real quick, real quick for the people. It was Tampa Bay getting the W against your Cowboys, 19 to three. Um, Brady and Mike Evans uh, connecting on a punctuating touchdown uh, late in that one. Uh, Leonard Fournette running the ball very well, 127 yards. They dominated the Cowboys. And Dallas drove 54 yards to a field goal. That was the first possession, and that was it for the offense for the Cowboys. Couldn't put up any more points after that. Tom Brady, from what I understand, Casey, has never lost to your Cowboys. He's never played them in the postseason, though, so I got a chance, baby. <laughs> oh, and that game, dude, the doom and gloom couldn't have been any worse. Dak leaves with a broken thumb, everybody crapping all over the team for trading Amari Cooper. And they responded. Cooper Rush came in, won some games, righted the ship, and kept them competitive in this thing. Yeah. And this has been a pretty solid offense since then. Um, you know, Dak has struggled down the road here with some interception problems and thrown at least three pick sixes. He's got to clean that crap up. Otherwise they're going to find themselves in bad shape against that Bucks defense. But the nice uh, one, two punch from the running game here, Tony Pollard really had his coming yeah. out season this year. He almost 1400 scrimmage yards and over a thousand rushing. I think he's got five touchdowns of 35 yards or more. Um, part of the, uh, I wouldn't even say a letdown in this offense the last few weeks because they've managed to score points, but it's been really shuffling that offensive line. Tyler Biotish 
has missed the last couple weeks. He should be back for this one. They have to get production from the other receiver, though. C.D. Lamb's having a mm-hmm. tremendous year. T.Y. Hilton's had a couple of good games, but had a few big drops last week. And uh, Michael Gallup's been kind of MIA these last couple of weeks. Got the trio of tight ends there. So there are a lot of weapons, but Dak's got to throw it to the guys wearing blue, not the guys wearing pewter. Oof, I know nothing. I'm looking for Schultz to have a big game in this one, Casey, at the tight end position for your Cowboys. But talk about this Cowboys defense. I mean, Micah Parsons, is he getting disrespected along the way here? Is he not getting enough uh, props uh, for what he's been able to do? Yeah, I mean, he didn't get the all-pro nod, so that's going to be some motivation there. And he flashes every game. He's not had that sack production that he had earlier on. He's finding life a little more difficult constantly on the line than at linebacker. He's getting chipped every time he's getting blocked. There's no real free runs, but that's also enabling him to work on more pass rushing moves, which will benefit him later. He's got to have a monster game. Demarcus Lawrence has been uh, underrated. He's really good against the run and muck stuff up in there, but he's got to be that tank that we know. And Dorrance Armstrong um, quietly having a really nice year. He's got eight and a half sacks, but it's going to be hard to get pressure on Tom Brady because he gets rid of the ball so quickly, so dude. And yeah. part of the reason that the uh, pass rush hasn't been there is because the back end is so banged up. We know Trayvon Diggs is on one side, but finding the guy on the other has been difficult after a few injuries. Rookie Deron Bland has had a really nice year, um, but Nashawn Wright is getting it's his time to step up and play uh, boss man fat. Kelvin Joseph hasn't been what they thought getting him in the second round. We could have had your guy, Asante Samuel jr. They went with a uh, boss man instead. And that is not paid um, the back end. The safeties are all great, dude. Wilson hooker have uh, been awesome. And J Ron curse. He's going to be the guy that um, gets on the tight ends here and really works his coverage, but they got to figure out a way to disrupt Brady. I think he's saw that he's dropped back. 700 times or 700 something passes on the year has only been sacked 22 times. They got to find wow. a way to get home easier said than done because of how quick Brady gets rid of the ball, dude. One good thing for the Cowboys, Casey, they've led the NFL in takeaways each of the past two seasons. They got 33 takeaways this season. You get a couple of takeaways on Tom Brady. That could be the difference in this football game, dude. Absolutely. They're going to have they, they need those. Those have helped them to win some games when the offensive hasn't been there. And lately with, uh, you know, the turnover problems that Dax had. Let's move this thing over to the Buccaneers, though, Casey. I mean, obviously, this is all about Tom Brady, right? I mean, Tom Brady continues to have an unbelievable career at whatever he is, 45 years old or something, 4,600, almost 4,700 yards, man. I mean, he just loads up the yardage, 25 passes, 25 passes for touchdowns, excuse me, and then uh, running the ball when they get their thing going and Leonard Fournette can run. And they had a little section in the season there where they really couldn't run the ball well. But when um, when playoff Lenny gets it going, Casey, he can really mow people down with that big uh, set of legs of his. 1,100 uh, scrimmage yards for Fournette on the season. They're going to want to try and run um, Fournette like they did in that first game in the season and really kind of control the ball and control the time of possession in this one. Yeah, dude, and if Lenny can run, that's going to set up the play action, and that seemed to be clicking the last few weeks. We saw um, Mike Evans a couple weeks ago have the 200-yard game with three touchdowns. 
Chris Godwin's great out of the slot and does a lot of the underneath muck and then go deep too. And quietly, Julio Jones hasn't paid off like they would hope that he would, but you can't count this guy out when it comes playoff time. He's got a ton of experience. So I'm definitely worried about this team, dude. And without Tom Brady, you know, maybe they win four games. They're coming in at eight, nine, but you can't dismiss the GOAT, man. He's the best to ever do it, man. So it's got me freaking out about this game, even though the Cowboys, you know, have four more wins until you, uh, you know, until you knock Tom Brady out. He's the champ, dude. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't bet against Brady, can you? I mean, obviously, it's been a heck of a season. It's been a heck of a run, and we don't even know. It's nowhere It's nowhere near over for Tom Brady. But let's move it over for this Bucks defense right now, Casey. Um, in the initial, in the first game, this was a long time ago. It was almost irrelevant. But that first game, they were able to hold the Cowboys to just 3.8 yards per play. Um, really strong defensive effort in that first game, dude. Yeah, that's not 3.8 per run. That's 3.8 per play. That means they were shutting it down. And you mentioned, dude, the opening score drive, and that was it. It's got to be a different game. But, man, there's playmakers all over this defense, too. They're getting a little long in the tooth, but the experience, the Super Bowl runs that these guys had, Levante David and Devin White, still one of the best combos. And Vita Vea, man, when this guy's healthy, he is a dominating run stuffer up there. So um, Cowboys have to bring more offense than they did last time. Obviously three points isn't going to get it done. And they're going up against a very experienced team. And like I said, it's freaking me out a little bit, Um, you know, but the devastation from the Niners loss in the playoffs last year should be a very motivating factor and a, uh, a learning tool, man. They saw that the effort wasn't good enough last year. They saw when you play sloppily in the playoffs, that get your ass sent home. Hopefully they yep. can remedy those problems and go out there and handle their business on Monday night. Well, and you go back a couple of years and and uh, when this Buccaneers team did win the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and the way they got it done with the, was with a swarming dominant defense, and a lot of the same dudes are right there on that defense. They haven't been as dominating, but we've got Todd Bowles. He knows how to dial things up and scheme some things up. And it'll be interesting to see if this defense can kind of crank it into a new uh, level and get uh, kind of to that dominance that got them that Super Bowl win uh, not that long ago. I don't want to hear that, Dave. <laughs> it freaking me yeah. out, man. It's going to be Sorry, tough. Dude. But you know what? You got to earn it in the playoffs. There's nothing given to you, dude. And if you're not good enough to beat the team in the wild card, you're not good enough to go to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, go out there and play your best football. If the Cowboys play their best football, that's a winnable game. What? Who's going to show up on Monday night? We're going to find out. Woo, it's going to be a good one, man. That's for sure. And Monday night football, playoff football. I love it. Oh, baby, it's going to be sweet. So many ways you can check out the football dudes. The trends on the pod you're listening to right now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. Awesome. Like us on uh, uh, Facebook and on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. Make sure while you're doing those things to tag us across all those media platforms. And just go to footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this super wildcard weekend episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy the playoffs, people. We are out of here.